Uh, our names are John and Rachel Wind, and we're going to be leading this session, which is entitled The Great Balancing Act, Parenthood and Mission. So if somehow that wasn't what you intended to come, you feel free to not stick around. But we hope that is why you came here, and we're looking forward to sharing with you uh, during this session and uh, as well uh, interacting with you as we hope to leave plenty of time uh, toward the later part of the session to take your questions and try to give some answers and insight from our own experience that hopefully will be helpful to you. Uh, before we uh, go any farther, though, uh, I would like to lead us in prayer. So if you would bow with me, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for the grace that we have received even just now to come to you so boldly and freely in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this time together as brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are pondering the ways in which we can honor and serve you more with our lives, in particular through the means of cross-cultural missions, uh, medical missions. Lord, we want to uh, do all that you would have us do to, to serve you, to serve your people, to serve the world in this life. So please bless this time, Lord, in particular. Grant us grace through your word and insight, through the wisdom you've given us uh, to know how best to achieve uh, a biblical and godly balance of our mission calling and our calling as parents. Uh, Lord, would you uh, grant Rachel and I grace to be effective instruments in your hand today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, just a little intro of us and our family. Uh, again, uh, John and Rachel Wind. And we have four little girls. So I am, have lots of lovely ladies every day. It's a joy of pink and flowers and ballet and good things. Really sensitizes me. I have a very well-developed feminine side. And uh, <laughs> so our oldest, well, actually it's in the order of the picture. So on, the, on that side is uh, Kristen, six. Chloe is next. They're eight. Clara Ann is nine, our oldest. And then Karis, our happy, uh, spunky little youngest, two, is, uh, is there on the right. In fact, um, we often make note of an interesting fact about our family, and that is, like many things uh, in the world today, our family was made in China. <laughs> because our, our three oldest... Uh, uh, Clara, Chloe, and Kristen were all born over in Asia. And uh, though we, we, we are balanced because Karis is made in the USA. So, um, And we did uh, spend eight years uh, over in China. And uh, we, are, we're not, we are not medical missionaries. We're not, we don't have any medical training beyond what is necessary to be parents. And, um, um, but we are here today not to talk about, uh, obviously, about missions, uh, medical missions, but about uh, something that applies to everybody who's on the mission field that has children, and that is parenting, and how that can, how, how, and God, how, how that, how can those things fit together? Maybe that's a question you're asking. I think it's a question we asked a number of times, though when we went to the mission field, we didn't, we didn't have any kids, and so it was a little different for us, perhaps, than you. Maybe you've already got children, and you're looking at a missions call, or maybe you've, you've already uh, been on the mission field. Um, just a little more about our mission experience. We, uh, we, we landed in China in January of 2004 without children. There you see us. Uh, uh, no, in a, living in a, a cement floor dorm room in a university. Um, and, and so when you think about, and we want to recognize this right up front, that we have a particular experience in a particular place. And even when we were uh, uh, on the mission field, we first didn't go with children. So our children were born there and spent the first few years of their life there. When we came back to the U.S. and moved to Louisville here, um, our children were six, five, and three. So that, that certainly is going to affect the way we talk about uh, the, the, uh, our, um, the realities of how to be a parent on the mission field. So we've never parented teenagers on the mission field, and maybe that's your situation. 
Um, just a little more, we moved back here because uh, I began a, a PhD in missions here in town at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's what brought us back here. And uh, we are continue to be at the place where we're trying to seek the Lord's will for our future, whether we'll be uh, based back overseas, doing some sort of theological education, or here in the U.S. Um, that's, that's where we're at. And so maybe some of you are there. Maybe some of you are here today trying to discern uh, whether you're called to a particular role of missions cross-culturally. Um, and we can relate to that. We've been there once, and we're back in that spot. Um, and, and another thing just to note out as well, I mean, we're, our, our session is entitled uh, The Great Balancing Act, uh, Parenthood and Missions. But let's just be honest, uh, parenting is a balancing act no matter where you live. <laughs> We've lived here in Louisville now for three years, and it's just as much of a challenge in terms of balancing. And yet, that being said, um, from our experience Perhaps from your experience, I think there are some unique challenges to balancing parenthood admissions uh, as far as being on a, on a, in a cross-cultural, a foreign field of service. So because of that, um, because there are unique elements to it, but also because there are unique circumstances throughout this room, I mean, every cultural situation, parenting situation, uh, we're going to try to focus not hopefully too heavily on our own experience, though we want to use it in an illustrative manner, um, we're going to try to keep things to talk about general principles that we believe are going to apply in every circumstance when it comes to parenting. So this is just a list of some things that are going to make each situation somewhat unique. Uh, number of children, age of children. Again, we had very young children on the mission field. Personalities of children. Um, one of the things we've learned to appreciate as parents is the unique personalities of each of our children, and that really does play out in terms of how they react to situations, how the overall family dynamic is, depending if you have more than one child. And then as well, even personalities of the parents. Um, we have our own, we've been married now 18 years, and uh, um, we, we, we have our own personalities, and we also have developed our own way of relating as husband and wife, and, and that all plays into just what things will look like for you in your particular service location and situation, as well if you have children with other special needs. We don't have any uh, particular special needs of any sort of handicap or anything, but that's going to definitely play into what that's going to look like if you have that situation. And whatever your particular work demands are. We weren't in the medical missions, um, assuming most of you would be. Um, and then rec depending on what exactly your, your work responsibility is all, that's all going to play significantly into these questions of what your parenting is going to be able to look like uh, on the mission field, as well as particular cultural changes. We were in Asia, in a Chinese country, such a range of differences culturally that that might be represented in this room, uh, as well as available schooling options. We really didn't have any option where we were uh, the, the, uh, other than um, homeschooling. But you might be in a situation where you have an international school or some other sort of variation that's a, that's a good option for you, and that's going to that's gonna affect your parenting. And then other things, available community. I mean, are you going to be alone on an island with, with, with nobody that speaks English? Are, or are you going to be in an ex a very well-established mission team where there's a significant amount of community and established relationships? And I mean, that's all going to affect your parenting. And then just one other thing to toss on, then there's certainly more we could come up with, is living space. And when I think of this, I think of the time we spent in Hong Kong, uh, particularly two months we spent in Hong Kong, waiting for our oldest, Claire Ann's birth. Um, we had to be there for those two months. And we had been to Hong Kong before and thought, oh, this is such an exciting city. It's so mix interesting mixture of East and West. And, uh, and really, I really liked Hong Kong. <laughs> we spent two months there. We found it a challenge to live there for a lot of reasons, including um, we were staying in a flat 
an apartment and it was so small and that affects life and, and parenting cer certainly. So, or maybe you're going to live in the bush someplace where there's endless space. I mean, there's all sorts of factors we recognize that affect what family life and parenting is going to look like. So we just want to say that up front uh, and even to remind ourselves not to project our own experience too far as though we've got all the answers because we certainly don't. We want to talk about this together today and, and hopefully help you as you think through your particular um, mission and parenting circumstance. Um, just quickly, uh, who is our primary audience then today? It's those who are planning to go on the mission field or already are and who are hoping to be parents or already are. Maybe that's pretty obvious, but that's the point here. And that doesn't mean someone else is not welcome, but that's where we're focusing today. Uh, that's the, uh, the things we talked about are going to be focused in that direction. And so, and so our primary goal is to give you guidance in constructing what we're calling a personalized missionary parenting plan. That's, that might sound technical. It's just the name we gave to it to help focus uh, what we're trying to do here, uh, and that is to help you think intentionally together as spouse. Maybe some of you are single and are thinking in terms of what it would look like in the future if and when you are married, but if you're not married now, when you are married, to, to talk with your spouse and to think intentionally about how you can uh, be godly and successful parents on the mission field. And so that's what we mean by missionary parenting plan. It's just an intentional uh, effort by you and your spouse to have a plan to, to, to do this well. And, and so it's not just to talk about it in an academic sense here. We really hope that the takeaway point will be, again, if you're, particularly if you're here with your spouse or you're already married, that you will set aside time uh, before you go on the mission field or before you return to the mission field and talk through your family life and in particular your parenting and have some very particular plans about how you're going to seek to achieve this balance between your mission calling and your calling as parents. So we wanted to just give you a little idea of where we're going to go this morning to spend our time together. Um, we are going to talk about some of the special challenges of balancing parenting and missions. We're going to talk about some elements, ten elements to consider as you're thinking through how can I be intentional in my parenting? How can we as a couple be intentional in our parenting on the mission field? And we're going to alternate. John and I are going to take turns alternating, just talking about some of the biblical truth, really. I mean, the Bible's our guide for life. What does the Bible say? How do we, um, how do we become godly parents? And, and how do we use biblical principles in our home, as well as just sharing some wisdom from our own experience of parenting on the mission field. So that's kind of our plan for this morning, but we will have time for questions, so please um, be thinking of things that you would like to, to ask. I also just wanted to share initially a few challenges um, to balancing parenting as you're doing mission work. For one, um, when you move overseas, if you haven't already been living overseas, there is an element of having to relearn how to live. For us, in our context, one of those elements, just one of probably hundreds, was learning how to bargain. Purchasing goods was usually a verbal contest <laughs> to see who could ask for the cheaper price. and. Um, initially, that all happened in Chinese, and my Chinese was very poor initially. I mean, we went over and moved to China without having studied language at all. So I'm still learning numbers. I'm still trying to figure out when they say, it means, okay, for about a pound of this particular type of produce, I'm paying that much, and I'm trying to do the conversion and think, is that a fair price? You know, those kinds of things. Bargaining was very stressful to me. 
And so just the thought of having to bargain to buy the things that I needed to make dinner was stressful enough, much less we need to buy dishes. We need to find where to buy some sheets for our bed. And we need to, you know, there were lots of household things we needed to purchase initially. So we just initially sort of figured out, okay, this is too much stress. We're going to go to care for. Our city had a care for. And everything was posted. The prices were posted. No bargaining. You put it in your cart and you go and you check it out. And it was wonderful. So that was just one small element of figuring out how to live. Okay, the bargaining I have to do in searching certain situations. But if I'm going to buy a washing machine, I don't want to have to go through that process. I'm just going to go to the store and they're going to tell me the price and that's going to be simpler. Also, daily life is much more complicated. Um, it can be. Um, one small example, again, for us was taking a shower. We had, uh, we lived in a dorm room, as John said, and the hot water was on from a certain time to a certain time. I see some nods. Y'all have been there. Okay, you know what that's like. So the more, and we lived on the fifth floor. Sometimes the hot water made it all the way up to the fifth floor, and sometimes it didn't. So if you were hoping and planning on a shower in the morning, you may or may not get it, or you might get a cold shower if you want to. I mean, just something simple like that created some stress, and that's just like adjustment time. That's just trying to figure out how does this work. Another thing for us regarding parenting, um, we didn't ha ever have a bathtub. We didn't have a bathtub. We eventually moved to a place later where we installed one, but my girls had to just figure out how to make it work. We had a little plastic baby tub, and that worked fine for quite a long time, but that's just an example, daily life. Like it, You just have to figure it out and, and make it work. Also, language learning. Obviously, that is such a huge part of, of uh, moving cross-culturally. It was very discouraging for us, even after numerous months of language study, to realize that three-year-old children could speak better than we could. <laughs> you know, that's just, they could communicate their needs. They could say what they were thinking. I could not. I was stumbling over my words and trying to make myself understood. So language learning adds a certain amount of stress. As well, culture fatigue for you and your children. That affects children differently depending on personality, depending on, on um, you know, just who they are, what kinds of things, depending on you. If you're really stressed about culture and it's really bothering you, some things are bothering you about where you're living, that affects your children. I mean, I feel... I feel like even things like embracing local food and learning how to be thankful for the things that you can get instead of wishing for peanut butter and marshmallows because you're not going to get those things. I mean, oh, those things affect your children as well. Um, for us, there was very much a fishbowl effect because China is a very homogenous nation. Now, there's a lot, there's more Westerners moving in, and there were some Westerners in our city, but we were by far. And look at our hair color, I mean, honestly. And then all those blonde girls. So it just was too irresistible for local people. We lived in a city of six million people. They were just fascinated with our children. And so they always wanted to take pictures, and that is that is great. And you might think, oh, that's really novel. I feel like a movie star. The first 
276 times, and then that one time hits, and you just think, I cannot take it anymore. I just wanted to go out and buy some milk, and everyone wants my picture. It, there's an element of fatigue that starts to come in. So, um, yeah, we, I'm sure that our families pictures are being stored on thousands of cell phones. That's just, you know, we'd go out in public and people would be, you know, taking our picture without our permission even. Even um, less relational support. This is another element of just balancing. Maybe here in the States, you can bring your kids to the church nursery and it's safe and they're fine and you can leave them for several hours and you move overseas, there is nowhere that you can leave your kids. There's you don't maybe there's no one you know well enough or you trust. Maybe you're by yourselves, you're not part of a team, that kind of thing. For the first numerous years that we were there, we didn't have teammates. And um, and so I was with my kids. I mean, there's we're not there's no VBS, there's no you know, Sunday morning nursery. There's no safe place where your kids can just um, be with someone else. I was with my kids all of the time, and that, that can be challenging. Also, just schooling challenges. Um, you can maybe be struggling to think, is my child learning at an appropriate rate? Um, are, there, are there issues with, maybe you have an international school, or maybe you've been asked by your organization to put your kids in an, in an international school, and you're not comfortable with that, or it's really hard for the kids. Those can be things that are challenging. As well as work responsibilities. Um, sometimes really odd hours, long hours. For those of you who are medically trained or in that kind of a role, you're used to the unpredictability of that. Um, there might be seasons of travel where you're gone from your family for a week or two or longer. Um, maybe your ministry is really taking off and growing and you're just having to spend a lot of time. Those are all things that when you're thinking about your family and balancing your parenting, um, it, those are all questions that, that we want to consider. So again, Rachel just gave a lot of illustrations from our experience, and uh, perhaps on every single one of them, your situation will look quite a bit different. Uh, but the point here is to sensitize you to there are extra challenges to parenting on the mission field. All right, we're going to move to some of the points we want you to consider when you think about your own personal ministry. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot what we call it. Uh, missionary parenting plan. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so the point is the name is not that important. The point is the concept. And, uh, and so the first, uh, the first uh, point here that we want to emphasize is uh, when thinking about achieving this idea of balance between these two very important callings in your life, one question is what's the scale upon which you, you make, you test the balance to see if you're balanced? And I think as Christians, to extend the analogy, I think we want to think about the scale we should think about that as the biblical principles and, and God's design for marriage and the family. And so uh, that's the trustworthy scale upon which we can weigh these two important callings. And so uh, that's why when, uh, the points that I'm going to be making during the session are going to be explicitly uh, looking at uh, God's design for marriage and principles that come directly from Scripture, we're going to argue. Okay, so the first point we want to make here is that God designed the home, when possible, to be led intentionally and actively by fathers, with fathers and mothers expressing one flesh unity in their parenting. And just to unpack that a little bit, therefore, fathers, you need to resolve to take godly leadership in the home. Mothers, resolve to encourage and support that leadership. 
and parents resolve to be unified in your parenting. Now, that probably all sounds really great, uh, and you might be nodding your heads. The key point um, I'm, I want to emphasize here as a father is the importance of you, if you're a father, uh, to recognize how important your role is in the home, and in particular, if there's any hope of achieving some sort of healthy biblical balance uh, of your mission calling and your parenting, you've got to take the lead. Um, just a verse, I think, that illustrates the, the particularly important role of fathers. Uh, you're familiar with Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. So again, this is not just, we talk about father and mother, it, the, the, we're, we're both parents. We both are in that position of, of important leadership in our children. And this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. But then notice he switches specifically addressing fathers. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Of course, both parents are bringing their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. But notice, I think this is a biblical principle, there's a special emphasis and responsibility for fathers. Here's a picture of me with my girls. They like to jump on me. This was They were obviously dancing around in their ballet outfits, which they enjoy doing, always giving us performances. It's one of the blessings. And um, some very interesting dance styles they've developed. <laughs> um, now, recon- recognizing right up front, after having said the, uh, emphasized the important role of fathers, a division of labor and parenting is not only necessary, it's wise. Uh, so the, the, the point here is not to say that dads need to be spend as much time with the kids as the mom. Uh, dad needs to be involved in everything. No, I mean, not only is that not what we're saying, I don't think that's either wise or possible. The, the point is that even if dad has really long hours and he has to travel sometimes and he's just around significantly less actually in, in the home and with the family, there needs to be a real clear engagement of dad in the parenting process, uh, a real clear unity between mom and dad in how the home is run and how, uh, and how the children are trained and, and just how family life is lived, even if dad is not able to be around that, that much or nearly as much. That's the key point here. And again, this is, I think this is just a biblical principle. But I think it is only the, the importance of this principle is only all the more amplified on the mission field. Rachel just mentioned some of the extra challenges and stresses. And if your goal is to achieve some sort of right, healthy, biblical balance between parenting and your mission calling, if this foundational truth and reality is not the case in your home in terms of that unity and that engagement of dad, it is going to be very difficult to achieve anything like a balance in your home apart from having this basic truth being expressed in some appropriate way within your family. So I think, it's, I think it's a universal truth for Christian parents, and I think the mission field has a great pull, maybe particularly on dads, to lead to absenteeism in parenting. Uh, it's a t- I think it's a temptation anywhere. It certainly is in this busy culture as well. But I do think even the fact that you're, you're a missionary Oh, how spiritual, how great. You're, you're sacrificing for the, the kingdom of God. There can be that extra sort of pious veneer that somehow justifies absenteeism in parenting, particularly by a father. So just uh, make sure that's established clearly, that dad has got to be involved in parenting in the home, and that's going to be crucial to achieving the kind of balance we're talking about today. Just to share a little bit of... Um, our experience again. Um, one thing we want to encourage you in is to think about as you're as you're thinking through kind of your plan, setting aside regular times together as a husband and wife to talk about parenting and your family life as a whole. Just to 
just to consider what's going on with our kids. How are we doing? Are we being faithful to discipline them? What kind of responses are we seeing from them? Um, having some time to kind of talk through those issues um, and, and and be clear about them and be honest with each other and, and share and say, you know, I really feel like we need to focus on this. Maybe he's been gone a lot or maybe one child in particular seems to be struggling. Those are just, if you don't have regular times set up, those are conversations that sometimes just don't happen because life is busy and the next thing needs to be done. So, so just setting aside those regular times are really important. This is a picture of us on one of our first, um, our earliest anniversary trips as new parents. We had, we had new teammates that had moved to the city. We had left our two children with them and gone out for a date night to a hotel in town that was all decked out for Christmas and just um, had a good time together being able to talk through things. I know for us, we often end up looking at our calendars together and saying, okay, what's coming up? What are you doing? How will that work? How will that impact us? Um, over the years, we've made some really significant decisions on those date nights regarding our family time. There was one time particular. But maybe maybe you should say we did, they weren't just date nights too. We oh, yeah, we would begin true. to take one night or two night anniversary yes, trips. Yes, as we lived there longer, we had a Chinese friend who had worked in our home for a couple of years, and we trusted her to keep our kids overnight, so she would come and just stay in our home. That was wonderful. <laughs> that was wonderful. We were able to get away and actually have a night at a hotel or something and just um, were able to spend a little more extended time. And on one of those trips, I remember, just to give you an example, I was talking about homeschooling and just feeling like we weren't making as much progress as I wanted. And part of it was just the difficulty of our physical location. We didn't have enough space, and so we ended up spreading everything out in the middle of where everybody else was, and that wasn't a very easy way to stay focused. And so as we were talking, we decided, you know what, it's time to make kind of a change. Let's move the baby, who was Kristen at that time, in with the bigger girls, and let's dedicate her little room to homeschooling. And that was just an example of something significant that came out of actually having some time together to talk about those things. So you can think of those times just as sort of a let's get out the scale and, and weigh again how well are we doing at balancing these things and do we need to recalibrate in one direction or another. Another uh, parenting truth from God's word is that God designed parents to shepherd their children by God's word. Again, I think you're all going to agree with that. But therefore, you need to make a plan. Be intentional together. Uh, I've highlighted a number of times the word together, and I think that's another point that comes through here. If, if it just happens to be that there's, you're not here with your spouse today, that's fine, but it's really key that you and your spouse uh, discuss and work through these things together. And so make a plan together as husband and wife for Bible intake and family worship. Um, here's, another, here's a verse that I'm sure you're familiar with that I think makes this point well. Moses said, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I think this, even with repetition, is making the point how important it is for believing parents to teach God's word and to lead their children according to God's word and make sure they are uh, letting their children consume God's word, as we said, to have uh, consistent Bible intake, even as young children. And um, 
And just to add to one of the one thing that's different about the mission field, and it was very different for us at first. When we first moved to China, church on Sunday morning was us, just <laughs> the two of us. There was nobody else to to fellowship with at that point. And when we had children, church was us. And our children. <laughs> so then, eventually, like I said, teammates came into the picture, and we were able to meet together. But that this is all the more important when you don't have any other outside influence. You know, there's there's no other outside influence on your children. What they're getting from the culture is probably something very different. Um, again, depending on your context. Right. Um, and so whatever your situation looks like, maybe you're going to go someplace where there's established church community, and that's going to be a key way that your whole family receives Bible intake. But even if that's the case, you need to establish patterns in your home. Uh, they don't have to be elaborate. Uh, we do family worship. This is a picture of us doing family worship. We like to sing, and there's dancing. No, no ballet outfits this time. But uh, that's just a picture of some of the things we like to do as a family to approach God together, to, to, to uh, consider his word. And there are a lot of ways you can do that. You don't have to do what we do. But having an intentional plan and setting aside time as a family to approach God is important. Um, a few simple things we do, for instance, we've gotten into happen the last couple of years, we have these uh, scripture-based blessings that every night when we put the girls to bed and pray with them, first I, I proclaim one of these blessings over them, which is basically adapted directly from some biblical blessings. Now that's good, I think, in a number of ways, but one of the things it is, it's, it's, it's Bible intake. We're, we're, at the end of their day, we're, we're speaking God's word to them and then praying with them. And so there's a lot of ways you can you can you can your, you and your family can have this Bible intake, this approach to God together in worship. But you seem to look at your situation and have a plan and be intentional about that. And just uh, a, a, a couple of suggested resources that we found in recent years that we really like as a family. Um, one is something called Seeds Family Worship. Does anybody know about them? They they do music, and basically all their songs are uh, scripture, just straight scripture. And our kids love them. Now, maybe you'll listen to them and think, oh, that's not my style. That's fine. But it's a resource that, that we and our children enjoy. And so it's singing, it's worship, they dance. Um, but as well, it's all scripture. And we've all benefited from it. Just we get these songs, these scripture songs in your head, and they're really, it's really beneficial. And I think it's God's way to, to nourish us. To, is, again, as the Deuteronomy passage says, it's a way to, to bind them on your, on, your, on your life and have them be a part of your daily life. I love it when I hear one of our girls saying, oh, I've had this song on my heart all day. I mean, it's really encouraging as a parent to think that your child is singing scripture throughout the day. Um, and another one we really like, uh, it's something, uh, you've probably all heard of Veggie Tales and Phil Vischer, the, the kind of the uh, creator of Veggie Tales, but in recent years, he's started something new called What's in the Bible with Buck Denver. Anybody heard of that? <laughs> They're really fun. It's, a, he's got 13, it's 13 of them and he basically does a Bible survey. And it's really well done. Right, with puppets, and it's very funny and entertaining, but it's actually quite solid. I mean, I'm getting my PhD at a, a seminary, and, and I can watch it and say, well, that's, that's pretty good, solid biblical teaching. So it's just another resource. It really is, but it's funny at the same time. Um, that's another resource, and there's all sorts of resources. We have an, uh, an embarrassment of resources in the church uh, in this society, and so take advantage of them and, and think about ways you can use those resources uh, when you go on the mission field as a way to make sure there's lots of Bible intake going into your into your children's lives. Okay, another aspect of just from our experience, thinking about as a family confirming a shared call to the mission field as your whole family. Now, again, for us, when we moved overseas, our, we didn't have children, and then our children were very young, so in some sense that was all they knew. 
I'm sure it is extremely different when your children are a little older. They're used to life in the States and if you're making a, cult, a cross-cultural move. Um, but we really did seek to integrate them into our ministry vision. A couple of very specific ways you can do that that's just coming to my mind is you can be happy in your calling if they see the joy that you have in serving the Lord in what you're doing that helps them it really does um, we have known families that have really struggled and their children have struggled too so so just if you're happy in what you're doing you're thankful to be there you're glad they don't just hear you complaining all the time about cultural things and difficulties and how expensive things are or you know whatever the situation is if you're happy in what you're what you're feeling called to do and thankful for the opportunity they will they will see that and embrace that as well um this is a prayer card that we used uh, for a while um with the three of our girls in there um again they were part of our they were part of what we did um they often opened doors for us relationally with people um they also were able to because of because of our work as parents actually just and because of the things that we we were doing just in our home some of our chinese friends were noticing oh the, the way your children respond to you is different than than my kids can you tell me more about that so the girls really did help us um opening those doors for ministry and then just to share a quick story we when we came back to the states for stateside assignments at various points one year we um we were asked to speak at this girls mission camp just here in Kentucky and and so there were all these junior high girls who were thinking about and being led and taught in missions that week and we were speaking that week and our girls loved being a part of that and in fact at the end of the week the junior high girls were asking my girls for their autographs <laughs> so really kind of funny and cute but also just our girls felt a part of it they Claire was three years old right Claire was oh, was in 2007 oh was that 2007 okay so, I mean, so she, she was, was very young I can still picture her there, very seriously, scribble, <laughs> scribble, scribble. Yeah, she was not writing. At that point, so, so um, yeah, again, this just thinking about this, this is similar to biblical principles in terms of it's part of the scale of balancing. How shared do we feel? How are our children resisting against and bucking against this as a family? Do they feel part of things? It's just a key factor in getting your family on the same page. Another biblical truth, parenting truth from God's word is that God designed parents to be consistent authorities in the home who are loving and kind. Uh, therefore, make a plan together as husband and wife for corrective discipline of your children. Uh, a verse that illustrates the necessity of um, corrective discipline of our children is Hebrews 12. The Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? And if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Now, of course, this has some beautiful truth about our relationship to God the Father. 
but it clearly affirms the importance of human fathers uh, having this role of uh, corrective discipline. I think I always like to think about discipline in two terms, both formative discipline and corrective discipline. And formative meaning the positive ways of training and teaching, and corrective discipline being, of course, when, in this case, the child goes off the path, you correct them back to the path. And so there's both the positive and the negative. But I think this, this passage seems to be referring more specifically to corrective discipline, even the fact that all discipline seems painful. It seems to be re, uh, referring to a corrective situation. And this is important. Now, when we talk about the Bible intake and other things we talk about, I think those are very much formative discipline. You're trying to form your children in a certain direction. But... If you don't have a clear understanding and a unity as parents, just how you're going to go about correcting your children when necessary, that's going to become a, a, a difficult situation in your life. Again, this is to use the analogy of the scale upon which you test the balance of your missions call and your parenting call, I think this is another biblical truth for God's design for the home for parenting that is part of that scale. If, you're not, if, if you don't have a, a clear understanding together as husband, husband and wife how you are going to correct your children when they, when they disobey you, when they, when they do not follow your, uh, your lead, um, that's going to undermine a lot of other things that happen in, in the home, including trying to have any sense of balancing and parenting. An illustration of this that I always think of is when we were in China, uh, I had the opportunity to, we did a lot of, there was different English teaching uh, opportunities we had, including starting a business that did English training. But sometimes I would go into schools, and one, uh, for a season I was going into a, a certain elementary school and teaching English there. And I'll always uh, remember this one day where I come into this classroom, and here's all, most of the kids right there. And then over here, there's a couple desks with two boys separated uh, off to the side. And I didn't know why at first. Uh, but soon as I began to try to teach the, the lesson uh, concerning English, these two boys began to do uh, outrageous, you know, distracting, dis, uh, uh, disrespectful things. And so it quickly became clear they were there as being separated in, in, in a, as a way to discipline them and to, uh, to keep them from dist distracting the class. But it, it really wasn't possible. And I did my best that day to teach the other children who were generally receptive. But afterwards I reflected... I was there to bless those children, to help them, to give them something that, that was good for them, that would uh, benefit them. And I was glad to give that to these two young men as well. But because they were not w submissive to my authority as the teacher, they weren't willing to, 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 to listen and to follow my lead, I couldn't help them. I couldn't bless them. That's why when we look at this verse, the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. And when he doesn't discipline his children, it shows they're not his children. And so in order to really love your children, you've got to establish a home environment where they are willing, not perfectly, and we're not perfect either, but to submit, to receive uh, your authority and to follow where you lead. And that's just going to require, if you're not a parent yet, uh, children are sinners and they're going to resist your authority. Um, sometimes it's just childish, but sometimes it's just outright rebellion. And you're going to have to have unity as a husband and wife. How are you going to respond to that? And this is an example of something that tends to get only all the more amplified or exasperated on the mission field where there's all these new stresses and uncertainties that maybe aren't part of your home life here in America. Go ahead. Um, as, as he was talking, I was thinking about this one particular instance. I mentioned that the woman who worked in our home became a dear friend and we trusted her with our kids. Though initially when we left our kids with her, there were big problems. <laughs> and one particular time, um, the girls loved, in, in China they have this drinkable yogurt. It's very sweet. So it's like, you know, practically a melted you know, ice cream shake or something is what it tastes like. But the girls loved them, and so we always kept some in the fridge. And one time, after we had been gone, I came home and said, how are the girls? And, and my friend said, oh, they drank a lot of yogurt. 
And I was like, oh, really? And she said, yeah, like 15. <laughs> and I was like, didn't you stop them? And she said, no, they wanted it. So I just gave it to them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's talk about for a moment. You are the authority. You can say no to them, and you can tell them you have had enough, and that's okay. But in the culture we lived in, it was very permissive parenting. A lot of just give the child whatever they want just to make peace, and we don't want any conflict, and the child should never cry. So just give them what they want. And so even just helping my friend, our house helper, see, okay, when we're gone, they have to listen to you. And if they don't listen to you, then they're going to hear from us when we get back. And it's okay. And and uh, so we had some, there was definitely a learning curve in that. <laughs> yeah, and just very briefly, um, what she just said about the culture we were in in China uh, it's very true. And so one of the, the ministries that developed for us unexpectedly was marriage and parenting training because as some of our Christian friends began to see the way we lived, and again, we're not perfect parents, um, they had questions because they don't have the models and they might know what some of the scriptures uh, verses say about parenting but not have any idea what that looks like in, in the practical working out. And so we ended up developing quite an extensive marriage and parenting training, including traveling to different cities. This was an example of us out in the countryside, and these are just the leaders of the groups there. It was quite a large gathering, and it was one of those, because of where we ministered, where we had to crouch down in the car with hat over our head as they <laughs> drove us there, and then once we were inside the compound, we could uh, be there. But th- there was just that kind of need. So wherever... Wherever we could go, and uh, we would go to places like that in order to help them because it was a, a real issue. So if it's an issue for them, um, certainly we, we need to recognize we need to have clarity in our own homes about how we parent, including the necessity at times of corrective discipline. Okay, and then just to, again another just example of wisdom. Earlier we talked about time together as husband and wife, but also just making sure that as a family you're setting aside some structures of time together just as a part of your regular family routine, whether that's family worship, whether that's game night, whether it's we're going to you know, buy the imported noodles and have spaghetti you know, once a month or something special, you know, the thing that, that um, is just fun and enjoyable as a family, things that you're doing together. We um, took advantage of having to travel to Thailand for meetings to spend a little extra time and take vacation time. So this is a this year I was expecting Kristen and and uh, we were able to take a vacation to one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in terms of just the water and it was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous scenery that was so refreshing after being in the urban jungle where we had been with lots of smog and pollution and things like that. So making sure that as a family you're planning those kinds of times, whether it's something small. On a, on a more regular basis, or it's like, yes, we are going to have a vacation. We're going to try to, to get away. Actually, ideally, it would be both. Both, yes, both right. <laughs> bigger both. vacations That's and then true. regular, smaller things as well. We made the practice that the weekends for us were always really busy with ministry responsibilities. So we made a practice of Mondays as a family day where we went to McDonald's for breakfast. That was really exciting to all of us, actually. Now we live up, up the block from McDonald's and, and never, we go. never go there. <laughs> but at the time, it was like, this sausage muffin tastes just like it does in the States. It's beautiful. So, um, so we would do that. Or, you know, here in the States, we've had, we set aside nights for game night or reading a book together. John likes to read aloud. The girls love that. So just, um, just making sure that you have intentional plans 
to spend time together as a family. And at that time, on Mondays when we had that family day, John tried very hard not to answer his phone. And that's difficult. It's really difficult. But he really did try. And so sometimes, you know, you see that number pop up and think, okay, I have to take this one. But other times, just like, no, this is family day, whatever it is. Can wait at least for a few hours, you know. So um, if you're not intentional about that, boy, the time just slips by. And, oh, I guess it's been a month and we haven't really had a family night, so. Another uh, parenting truth from God's Word. God designed parents to communicate regularly and deeply with their children. Therefore, make a plan together as husband and wife for regular channels of heart-level communication with your children. Now, this is sort of a pair with what Rachel just said. Um, Time is important. Uh, It's hard to have uh, quality without quantity. So you've got to set aside time uh, where you're actually spending together. But that being said, there's also ways to spend time together and not be as... As, as, as redemptive. And of course, you know, what we, we certainly enjoy watching movies together as a family, for instance, and nothing wrong with movies. Um, but if, for instance, that's all you ever did, and there was never an intentionality to talk and, and interact with your children, I think that's falling short of the biblical picture of parenting. Uh, I think the biblical picture of parenting is that uh, parents communicate at a heart level with their children. Of, uh, Actually, really, the whole book of Proverbs, I think, is an illustration of this biblical principle. The whole book, essentially, from a father to his son. And it's not just passing on information. It's very much a heart-level pleading, seeking to persuade. Uh, So, for instance, here's one from the beginning of Proverbs. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And as I'm sure you're familiar, Proverbs goes on, and this kinds of pleading and calling of a a parent to a child is repeated throughout the book. And uh, just another little proverb that I think also is helpful in this regard is, "The the purpose in a person's heart is like deep water, but one of understanding will draw it out. And if you're already a parent... Uh, even with young children, I think this is true of them, that they are developing and thinking about life and have questions, and oftentimes they don't have the language to express and describe, and then when you go overseas and there's all sorts of other things going on, it might be all the more difficult for them to communicate. And So you need to develop skill as parents to draw out of your children what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and help them process it in a good biblical way. And again... That is not going to happen without intentionality. Uh, and, it's, and, it, and honestly, it won't happen if all you ever do on family day or family night is watch a movie. Um, again, nothing wrong with that. But you need to make sure also a part of uh, what your parent-child relationship is intentional channels to try to draw out of your children what's inside of them at a heart level, to, to have their hearts. You don't just want their heads. You want their hearts. Um, just one example of something I started when we were in China and I still continue to do here in the States is daddy-daughter dates, which my daughters just love and are so excited about, and it's one of their favorite things. This is just actually last Saturday. Claire and I had our daddy-daughter date. Actually, there we go. It's not true. The only time I go to McDonald's is when I take them on daddy-daughter dates. So there we go. You don't go there much. I go there for daddy-daughter dates. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, I, it was, you know, when they were younger, it, you know, there's little kids and it's what kind of conversation you have. But I'll tell you what, this, this, this channel, you know, we'll talk about whatever they want to talk about. But now as they're getting older, and here's Clara, our oldest, 
we can have we have some really significant conversations as father and daughter, and it's really an opportunity for me just to spend time with them and ask them what's going on, but also to lead it to talk about spiritual things with them. And so I want to encourage you as parents, and I would even say again as fathers especially, you've got to have a, a structure in the way you relate to your children uh, where you aim for their hearts, where you seek to, to, to have an intimacy of sharing and, and interaction uh, that doesn't just happen by accident. It just doesn't happen by accident, particularly if your ministry responsibilities mean you're oftentimes away from the home. You know, we saw the verse from Deuteronomy, and it says, as you, as you rise and as you sit down, as you walk, and that's within an agrarian context where everybody's at the family farm and they're interacting throughout the day. Well, that's just not going to be the case probably for most of, say, you fathers on the mission field. You're might most likely to be away from home. So you're not just going to have happenstance conversations with your children. You're going to have to schedule them and have channels through which those conversations can happen. Okay, and then just to share again um, from our experience, this, this sounds really general, but um, I'm going to unpack it a little bit. Creatively make use of the resources and opportunities at your disposal in order to carve out family time. Basically what we mean by that is just in your context where you are, what can you use that is going to help you in your parenting? Maybe it is something like I had, which was this woman who worked for us. Here she is, my dear friend. Um, she was in our home many, many hours a week. So I, we were able to afford that in the culture we lived in. The, the, the rate for that kind of work was very affordable, and it really helped me. She did a lot of my um, grocery shopping. She did a lot of my cleaning, and that freed me up to be able to be with my children. So I could, have, I could do ministry outside my home, and I could do with my kids because she took a large burden off my daily life tasks. So, my goodness, having someone just do your dishes for a long time, I mean, that was worth its weight in gold to me, practically. So, I know others have said, oh, it's, you know, it's too expensive, or that kind of thing, but for us, it was very worth it, because it was one way that it helped me think about how to, how to improve my parenting, actually. She was a big part of that. So, you, you may be sensing in your context, oh, there's just, a, I don't have anything like that, I don't, I'm... I'm lacking those kinds of things. I don't have grandparents nearby. I don't have you know, school, Sunday school or VBS. I don't have these other options. But if you're trying to be an effective parent and asking the Lord to help you in those ways, it might be something as simple as um, watching what's in the Bible. It might be as something like, oh, actually, there's an educational resource assistant for our region that will come in and look at my homeschooling and see if I'm on the right track. It might be something like, a couple of times of uh, a couple of times a year, there's some sort of gathering where your kids can can go, and you'll be going to meetings or something, and, and your kids can travel with you. You just be be creative, be creative. We just need to open our eyes to what is around us. What can we utilize that's going to actually help us in our parenting um, and make a difference there? We're trying to be effective parents in that context, so just looking for the resources that are available. Briefly, uh, another truth from God's word is that God designed the responsibility of ministry within the home to maintain priority over the responsibility of ministry outside the home. I think it's a good way to think about it. It's ministry inside the home, ministry outside the home. And therefore, you need to be on the same page. To you need to commit together as husband and wife to the priority of your parenting over your mission work. 
a biblical verse that I think illustrates this clearly is in 1 Timothy 3, 4 through 5. This is addressed to Timothy concerning the requirements for being pastors. The overseer of the local church must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? And I think the principle there is the requirement for those who are taking leadership in the ministry, whether it's in your home culture or cross-culturally, and that's where all of you would be as uh, missionaries, medical missionaries, you have to recognize that there is the, God assigns a priority to your effectiveness of ministry in the home above your, the, uh, above your effectiveness in ministry outside the home. Now, again, this is a general principle, but it really is important that you and your spouse are on the same page that recognizes that it is not legitimate to sacrifice uh, the health of our home in an absolute sense because of the demands outside. Now, there's seasons uh, where things uh, from the outside might look really unbalanced, but even then, if you're on the same page that... So, for instance, let's say you have to travel for a month and do some particular ministry. That just might be what has to happen. If everyone knows that, and you're on the same page, and you recognize the, the sacrifice that's involved, well, that's fine. The question is, are you, are you going to have a plan, for instance, when you return home to give some significant time to reconnect as a family and to, and to uh, reestablish those healthy relationships? That would be a way to express uh, your commitment that that has priority, even if for seasons it might be very much seem unbalanced. There has to be an underlying commitment to that priority. So here's just a visual representation of it. There's our family on top, and below you can see a picture of me with my employees and teammates at the business we began, uh, a big part of my ministry in later years. And then on the other side is Rachel with a a women's group that she was leading. Both very important ministry uh, contexts, but we had to keep them in their proper place in regards to the priority of home ministry. Okay, and finally, just wanted to share with you um, wisdom in terms of balancing parenting, your parenting call, your ministry call. Developing accurate expectations is so, so, so important. Um, even just in terms of thinking about what will daily life look like? What, what are my expectations for daily life? What are my expectations for our work responsibilities? What about schooling? What about life in that culture? You know, where you're headed. I think sometimes we can get our expectations up too high. And certainly living overseas has been one thing that has taught me to to keep those expectations low. And then when things turn out better than you anticipated, wow, that was great. I here we are living in this cement dorm room, but there are no roaches anywhere. <laughs> I am so thankful. And we have our own bathroom. No, we don't have a kitchen and but we have a hot we have a thing to make hot water and we can eat instant noodles. It's great. Okay, so those are things that initially we can think, oh, it will be this way. I think it will be this way. And sometimes that can just cause great disappointment in not having our expectations met. So just making a plan and thinking about what will it actually look like and um, how to prepare yourself and your children for that. Um, just to give you a little illustration here in terms of life and the culture. This is so typical. This happened very early on. I only had one child. Claire Ann was born at this point. We were visiting a zoo outside our city, in the outskirts of our city, and it was a wild animal park. And so here you see, over on the right-hand side of the picture, a man 
with a baby tiger. That's a tiger, yes, on the table. He was chained down. However, is the tiger interesting to any of the people who are around? No. In fact, they're all crowded around me. There's even a man video recording. <laughs> me and Claire Ann. But, you know, <laughs> this is so typical that it's almost laughable. But this was the kind of thing that happened to us all the time. That was not something I was expecting, <laughs> was having that movie star effect every time we went out in public. But this is the kind of thing that did happen, and so just having to deal with it um, and, and learning how to make life in that culture work for you. One thing we did find as time went on and we lived there longer was that it was actually more relaxing and more refreshing to us if we did have some vacation time to stay home and have a staycation because travel in China, you know, going somewhere because of this being out in public and just those kinds of things could be more stressful and so um, that's just all part of developing an accurate expectation of what life is actually going to look like all right we took a little longer than we hoped to go through all that but now is a chance for you to ask any questions you have so go ahead and raise your hand if there's anything that you'd like to ask us or anything we can help you with Seeds Family Worship. Seeds Family Worship. Yep. S-E-E-D-S, like planting seeds of truth in children's hearts. It's really great. It's really great music. Yes, here's a question. Um, it's like your experience is more like you were the sole missionary, I guess. How is that different if like the wife and how is that different like the parents? I mean, in terms of if the question. wife is the one who's mainly working outside the home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you want to address it? I think it would just be a matter of developing expectations and saying, right. okay. In clear patterns. And a clear pattern. Now, mommy needs to go, and here's, you know, whether your children are in the care of someone else or whether dad is staying home or, you know, those kinds of things, making sure you have a plan. In, in a sense, it's a good illustration of what, what, um, what we're trying to say in the sense that we, we've obviously shared from our own experience, but we recognize ours is a particular experience. And, and there's so many factors that can be different. So we don't want to in any way communicate. We've just given you all the answers, and it's just, you know, cookie cutter. You're going to have to, you and your spouse are going to have to prayerfully, carefully, thoughtfully, intelligently think through how are we, what kind of missionary parenting plan are we going to have. We've got to think through that because there's so many particular factors that will be different in every circumstance um, that you're going to have to own it for yourself and think through it. I know one thing that, you know, when I had events, whether it's on the mission field or even here now, when there are things that I'm doing, I leave a very detailed list for my kids. And for me, too. She leaves it. Yeah, because if I don't, then, you know, nothing happens. When did you do a lot of going, oh, I don't know. You know, okay, so you're going to work it. You can do your handwriting, and you can please, you know, make sure you do this and and do the dishes with Daddy. You know, those... I, I like to leave a list, or and maybe if it's, I'm going to be really busy during this week, Mommy has a lot of appointments, and then we're going to we're gonna spend Saturday morning together, and we're going to make pancakes, or, you know, if it's something like that. I think in that case, to just the principle of developing your own plan for your family is really important. Any other questions? Yes. Did you guys um, integrate your kids back into, like, um, school here, or did you? 
Tamina homeschool, and how is the transition for your kids going from? Yeah, that's a great question. How did we transition our children from coming overseas? So, so we actually homeschooled our first year just by ourselves, and I that we were back in the states, and I felt like it was a really unproductive year. I really, I myself struggled um, in keeping us on task. Like just okay, yes, we are doing school, and we are doing it now, and. This is not the time to get out the scissors and this construction paper and the glue sticks, right? So, so that was difficult for me. Um, and the second year, we joined a homeschool program called Classical Conversations, and we meet once a week. So that's perfect. We have a morning together. We learn our new material. They have a, we do science projects and art together, and then the rest of the week we're at home. So um, it has been very, very good for our family, and that really helps me just to give me some structure. Um, and and a basic body of, you know, even just knowing, okay, Tuesday morning, we have to be ready. That means this, and that means this, and we're going to do these things to, to prepare for it. So they've done well. They've done well. But my kids were fairly young, too, when we came back. So And, and just so you know, with Rachel, her situation is not just homeschooling. She teaches music uh, at the seminary. She teaches music at the home. Uh, we have a home business that she does parties for. Um, she is a tutor for this classical conversation. So she actually is juggling a lot of outside the home uh, elements as well. So there really is a sense in which you've got to be on the same page and have good plans and have a good plan that works for your situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, up front, I, I don't think it's never going to become not a struggle in, in my uh, experience. Um, I mean, you have to – for us, a key thing is that we try to commit to uh, not let our evening uh, fritter out into the late hours, but we try to get to bed at a reasonable time. We've become buddy-duddy. Yeah. <laughs> but that really helps us to actually get up early enough to spend some time. Yeah, so that's, that's one thing for us, honestly, is just, if at all possible – have a reasonable bedtime, and so then the dominoes can fall of getting up and so forth. Um, another thing that I personally found is I've really tried to channel my personal relationship with the Lord through the communal uh, uh, worship of our family. So we study, we I teach them, we study the Bible together, we pray together, and again, that's not an absolute substitute for your own personal private walk with the Lord, but it is one way I've found to kind of bring those two things together. So that's another thought. Unless you think that sounds really formal. Usually we're all still laying around in our jammies, and I'm having my second cup of coffee while John is teaching through Isaiah. So it's not a, it's not a formal thing. <laughs> we're over time here. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. We'll stick around afterwards if you have any other questions, but thanks for coming. We pray that it was helpful. <laughs>